Welcome to the Messy Progress Podcast. I'm your host, Adrienne Smith, and today we're talking about gratitude. Happy Thanksgiving. I know it's a weird day because Thanksgiving is traditionally celebrated with big gatherings, lots of food, and and I don't know what everybody has on their plate for today, who's on your plate for today. And regardless of that, I'm grateful to have this podcast, to have you listen to this podcast, and to have something that we talk about today hopefully bleed into your day and the rest of your life. So today I'm talking with my good friend, Alexis Gervin. She currently lives in Ohio. We met in Santa Barbara. And we met from Lululemon, actually. We talk about that a little bit at the beginning of this podcast. And she began a company called RAG, which stands for Recognition, Affirmation, and Gratitude. So we'll jump right into our conversation. And I hope you enjoy our show. Happy Thanksgiving. I'm really glad that I have you to... um, Alexis to talk to about gratitude today. And we were just in this, you know, prior to like hitting the record button on the show, we're just talking about um, gratitude from the sense of, it doesn't have to be just a season that we're in. Like, yes, it's Thanksgiving time. It's the holiday time. um, But it can be something that we're doing all the time. And I want you just for, I know you well, and what I'm realizing as I do these podcasts is that I have this like back, I don't want to say backstory, but background on you as a person and anyone that I'm actually interviewing. And so um, I want to know, and I want you to share with those that are listening is just how you started to create gratitude or maybe not how, why did you start to create gratitude let's, let's use your, your, the name of your um, company. So RAG, so recognition, affirmation, and gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What called you to do that? That's such a great question. Um, I will say, and thanks for just even wanting to have this conversation in and of itself to me is a gift. Um, but I was thinking about that even just this morning, as far as like, where did this all kind of stem from? And I definitely grew up in a family that had a strong kind of presence, a strong presence of gratitude in our family culture, family dynamic. My mom um, is a seven on the Enneagram. And so she's really great at reframing things. Um, So in case anybody knows the Enneagram, that's a helpful, uh, helpful kind of way to see, or at least to envision who my mom is. But my mom has always been this really great perspective grantor even when things were intense, even when things were dramatic, she could always do a really great job of saying, okay, so what are we going to see that's good in this situation? Where can we actually call out the silver lining? And, um, you know, sometimes that's straight up annoying, but sometimes it's really powerful and really incredible, especially in scenarios where it's really hard to see. When I was in college, um, and actually right after I graduated, I read a book by Ann Voskamp, called 1000 gifts i think and you gave me that book or told me to read it at some point. did i i'm sure because it was close to when i moved to california close to when i had met you um right around that same time and she does this unbelievable job of unpacking the concept of gratitude in that 
when things are good and when things are hard, gratitude, the muscle of gratitude should still be worked. Um, and she really presses into the fact that like, yeah, you can call out when things are sunshiny and wonderful, but it's also a really powerful practice when things are crappy to call out the things around it that are still good. And by doing so, we actually wind up illuminating the crappy scenario. Like from a faith perspective, I would say like God really does an incredible job of illuminating the cruddy scenario when we choose to still be disciplined enough to frame our minds and to um, choose intentionally to think about what we're grateful for, even in the midst of crud. So I read so that you, book. So let's, one, uh, one question I have for you just to interrupt is like, we're all in a lot of crud right now, like global pandemic, right? Massive, so yeah. you, Alexis, what's, um, what's one illuminating part for you in all of this that you've found gratitude in? Right now, I'm kind of the weirdo that loves solitude. And loves um, kind of coming away from people in general to like reframe, regroup, recoup. Even though I'm I'm a like trained extrovert, I love being with my people, but I really love coming away. So, I've kind of seen the silver lining through this whole process in that I've loved the um, the slowing down that it's created for our culture. Um, I know, I mean, it's obviously been detrimental on so many levels. And at the same time, the silver lining that I have definitely seen is the pace of American culture sort of getting halted and everybody realizing like, wait, this breakneck pace that we all go at on the regular is actually not as healthy as we expect it to be or not as healthy as we hope that it is. It's actually been really sweet to see like families that have been having lunch together because their dad's home because he's not going to work anymore. Um, or, you know, people who are just actually able to slow the, the, the pace because kids are not running to every sport every minute. And um, what about you? What about for you pers personally? Like what's been something that you've been grateful for? Like there's the, yeah, everyone else's life slowed down and then you get to be more introspect or like my introspective because you can be that anytime. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say for me, it's been actually helping people see that very thing, like actually in conversations with people I know, but also with strangers trying to highlight and pull that part out, um, which can be totally, you know, tricky in and of itself, but to actually say like, to bring up the fact that things have slowed down and to see where they go with it. And to- So like with a stranger, what, what does that look like? What's, give me an example. Um, the other day I was checking someone out at Lululemon where I work and she was getting pants for her daughter. Um, that's what you do. You buy pants at Lululemon. Correct. And yeah. what you do also that I just want people to get is that I, I'm just going to plug Lululemon here. I've always sure. loved Lululemon. Their clothes are awesome. There's a reason why their pants cost $90 to $110 because <laughs> you can wear them for a long time. But I truly believe that because you've worked there for a long time, like no matter where you've been, you've worked there. Yeah. And I really truly believe through whatever bad press that they've gotten at different points in time, like everybody gets bad press. That's what you do when you're out there in the world being a leader is that they are a company that is selling leadership and personal growth and development. And I've truly been able to be impacted that way um, mm -hmm. 
through going to landmark forums, through teaching with them and um, getting connected with you because that's how I met you originally. And, you know, having people, you know, do goal coaching with me and, um, and yeah, I like, I remember just, it I was surprised. And then, um, yeah, I don't need to sell that to everybody, but I think sometimes it's, it's just seen as a clothing company. And I really think it's, that's their way in just like I'm a yoga teacher and I teach physical practices. That's something that I've been really in touch with lately over the pandemic. And in the last couple of weeks, it's like, no, really, what is my life for? What mm -hmm. am I good at? Like, yeah, I can, I can teach yoga classes and actually physically do them all day. Mm -hmm. But like, it's actually, how do I get people to wake up to their whole life? It's not actually about the physical poses, just the way it's You're not right. about the stretchy pants. It's not. And that we'll say it all the time. We are a people development company that just happens to sell stretchy pants. Yeah. And the stretchy pants are what get people in the door for us to actually connect with them. Yeah. So keep going. Now you got a stranger at the front. Yeah. Had a stranger Client. at the front. We were, um, she was purchasing pants for her daughter and we were talking about her daughter. We were talking about her, how she plays softball and, um, how kind of things have just really slowed down for her and that, um, and, and how much softball is sort of like taking a backseat in this whole COVID thing. And rather than kind of get into complaint, which is such an easy place to go and where we kind of all go naturally, I was like, I, I brought sort of the, so how has that been for your family? Like, how has the slowing down been? And she, and even for me to ask that question, I was like, oh, this could go either direction. But I was like, how has that been? And she took off on the fact that slowing down as a family has allowed them to actually like have dinners together again and has allowed them to have conversations, you know, it, at night before bed, like random ones that because she's been around, they've actually jumped into. And so I, I think it's those, those types of moments where rather than just defaulting to complaint, I've been looking for, how can I, how can I lead up? How can I like actually bring this conversation up rather than down? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're great at that. And that's why I, I've always loved connecting with you is because I can't stay in the crud, you know? <laughs> um, and I think the one thing that I, as, as we're talking about this is like, you saw an opening, like the woman shared with you about softball and this kind of thing. And you're like, yeah, so how has that been for you to slow down? There's like a specific question. Yeah. So when it comes to gratitude, like the thing that just came to mind is there are millions of families that are home right now with their kids. And, you know, a lot of, I live in Santa Barbara, a lot of privileged families, let's just be, call it what it is, that are kind of freaking out because their kids don't get to play the sport as much as they want to play, or they don't get to swim as much as they want to be swimming. And um, yeah, like, is there, what's the question to ask in that besides like, how is slowing down helped? Like, like, I don't want to ask the general question, like, what can you be grateful for? Because that just is like, I want to punch that person in the face <laughs> right at that moment when I'm like, you know, in complaint mode, there's, there is a softer way in. And like, you mm -hmm. saw that softer way in different from that cheesy, see the gratitude in everything. Mm. True. And, and yet there's such an interesting, like to me, one of my favorite quotes is um, by Frederick Buechner. It just says, listen to your life and see it for the fathomless mystery that it is. Touch and taste and smell your way into the holy and hidden heart of it. Because in the final analysis, like everything is grace. 
like life itself is grace. And yeah, it is so, it's so cliche to be like, what are you grateful for? And to, to ask that question. And so I often find it's great to just step right into like, well, what am I internally, what am I choosing to be grateful for? And how can I articulate that out versus asking somebody to come up with the things they're grateful for? It always feels like fake versus actually telling someone like, Hey, just FYI, I want you to hear how grateful I am for you. And this is why. And, and this is where to me, so much of gratitude has become more external than just internal. It has to start internally, but it, but it can be so divine when we are actually like choosing to see the person in front of us, see their greatness, see seeds of greatness in them that they don't even see in the midst of things and, and actually just call it up and call it out. And so even in like a home space, you know, even at home where everybody's on top of each other right now what does that actually look like to slow down, to get down on the ground with your kids who have been driving you nuts and just be like, Hey, like, this is what I, this is what I actually see in you. Like, thank you for actually sharing that with your sister and like, look them in the eye and do it, you know, or like, I so value that you are um, still plugging away at all of these online classes, even though it's so annoying. Like you, you're, you, I, I see you showing up mm-hmm. just those kinds of little things that like, note for someone what you're grateful for about them. It doesn't come out and like, Hey, I'm really grateful for this, but it's like, I just want to affirm what I'm seeing. That's, that's good. What can I call up and out of this in the midst of all? And it really ties in what I hear is this, it's a recognizing and mm-hmm. recognizing something in another, the affirming of it. And then the calling it back into me of like what I'm grateful for about it. Totally. And it it changes the way that we see. And that's, that's the thing that is so supernatural about gratitude to me and, and to watch it sort of um, manifest in the world when people are really practicing it, it it is this muscle. And I, I love thinking about it like that because just like a quad, just like a bicep, just like a tricep, like it can get worked and then it will start to engage in places and times you don't, you don't even recognize that it's actually engaging, but it's helping you along versus as like a muscle that then stays dormant or stays sort of limp and never really worked. It, it doesn't help you. It doesn't engage then when you're like carrying in the groceries and you're like, Oh, and then you take your back, you know, it is such a sweet thing to watch to me, to watch when, as you exercise the muscle of gratitude, as you do it both for yourself and for others, you start to see it in places you did not even expect. And you start to literally be like driving to work, thinking of things that you are choosing gratitude for that are not typical things that you would just be present to. I will like give such a classic example because it literally just happened this morning. Um, I was doing a workout in our living room and I bumped the table. I'm currently living with my sister, bumped her kitchen table. Her laptop was on her kitchen table, completely bump it off the table and it shatters, screen shatters. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. That did not just happen. And so she comes home from her walk with kiddos. I present shattered screen. We determine action steps. It was a little bit dramatic, but on my way here today, I was like driving, driving, thinking, okay, what am I going to be grateful for right now? Of like, ah, she still has a great phone. The phone still works. She's, I still have my phone. My laptop is still one that we can use. Like I just started to go to what is 
what do we still have? What do we have that we could just still cling to? Because the opposite is like what people do, what I've experienced, and maybe before you got into this practice is like reeling in like the what's wrong, like everything's wrong. I'm bad. I can't believe I did that. I'm so stupid. I don't have any money. Now I have to pay for this. And it's like, we can go down a really dark spiral. Totally. And then it's like a, you know, we talk about it, it when I teach is like, the, it's a disruption, like choosing gratitude or choosing to recognize something positively is a disruption in a normal way mm-hmm. of drifting along, like the way that we always drift of like complaint mode and something's wrong here, but rather, yeah, I've got all these other things. Yes. And, and it's just the power of language that we have as humans to use to create. Like we can create or we can destroy with language. And, and I know that that can sound esoteric in and of itself, but it's so real in light of being in a space with someone else and being able to actually edify and affirm who they are and to, to continue to bolster a situation or to completely destroy it and to bring negativity. And even thinking this morning about like the gift that I have in my sister who communicates well and myself who's worked on my own communication. And so we didn't have to go into drama mode. We went into solution mode, like, okay, how are we going to make this happen? Or how are we going to make this solve? You know, how are we going to replace the computer versus just freak out mode? And she had a moment of freak out, but it wasn't, it was controlled. And I'm so grateful that I have the communication that I have with her to be able to do that. So it's stuff like that where where language can just absolutely create or destroy. You know, what about like the relationships? Cause this happens often in, well, to say like my world of yoga, where there's one person that's starting to do this work. They're starting to the recognizing, they're affirming, they're grateful, they're mm-hmm. taking care of their body. They're getting better with their communication, but like someone else in their life that they're close with is not in that work. Mm-hmm. And it's, there's something about, yeah, we, it would be great if everybody, you know, was in it, was in it. Yeah. Like how many times, you know, you've gone to the landmark forum Love landmark and Baptist yoga and all the things that we do. And, but it's like, there's always this selling point for like, get the people you love to come to this program. Imagine what your life would be like. And it's just like, my husband went to the landmark forum Mm. and he left early because he wanted to kill someone while he was there. (laughs) Why am I not surprised? Right. And at the same time, what I've recognized, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I like started this as a question, but it's more of like an observation is like, I keep expecting someone else to be the one that changes Mm. or the one, like you start going to therapy, you start reading the books, you start filling your cup, you start that. And like, actually what I've seen is that when I have started And then practice, which I'm not like, you know, me really well is like, I'm a direct straight shooter. I don't, I don't stay like, I don't spend time in the muck, but I also just can like bulldoze right through things. And, um, I would say like recognition and gratitude and like saying, thank you, saying, sorry. Like those are things that are actually hard for me Mm. because I don't do it a lot. And I, and it's ruined some relationships to be completely honest, because I just, was so caught up in my own world of like anxiousness and highs and lows and worry and fear and doubt that like, I didn't affirm it in another person. And, and I've seen just in the last couple weeks with my husband and moments where like, I shouldn't even say just a couple of months, but it's like, I'll get into the practice of 
seeing another person and like recognizing gifts in them and acknowledging them Mm -hmm. and being grateful, whether it's verbal or internal. Mm -hmm. And it completely shifts how I show up for him and then how he shows up for me. And it's like, I sit there, I look, I'm like, what is happening here? (laughs) And I realize that it's because like the drama is gone, but I'm not, I'm actually not expecting him to change. It's that the change is happening here with me. And then he's like, I have to tell you this, this was crazy. So last night, well, first of all, earlier this week, I walked, I was walking through the park and I looked down at my phone for how many seconds. And I literally walked into a tree branch, like straight boom right here. And I was like, I checked. I was like, oh my God, are my teeth there? And I was like, that hurts so bad. And I, then I looked around and I was like, did anybody see me? That was so embarrassing. Right. And anyway, long story short, um, you know, it's feeling better today, but last night I was like, man, my nose, it's like really hurts. I was like looking in the mirror and Jason goes, I got no sympathy for you. He's like, stop looking at your phone. (laughs) And I was like, man. And I just felt like so shut down right at that moment. And I was like, you never have sympathy for anyone. He's like, no, I do, but just not that. (laughs) And whatever I started reeling, like I could feel myself just being like, uh, pointed out all the ways that like you look at your phone all the time and drama. And then he goes, he all of a sudden said, yeah, I don't have a lot of sympathy for people. And maybe that's something that I could work on. And I was like, silent. I was like, what just happened? (laughs) And not to say that anything needs to get fixed, but I was, I, I, I was utterly shocked because I pointed out something where I'm like, no, I, I, I literally really did hurt my nose. <laughs> like the same way that our kids sometimes hurts herself and yeah. she's three, she's going to hurt herself a lot, Yeah, but we can't just call, we can't just tell someone not to be a certain way. And, um, you know, yeah. on the flip side of things with, that's one question I have for you is, so there's, there is the being grateful when there is a moment of hardship or crud. And then there is, there is the required need to feel all the feels. other side, the other side. Yeah, totally. And, and I think what's interesting in that, just as you were talking, I was thinking about the way that a practice like this shapes both the giver and the receiver so much. Um, and obviously in this, like you're talking about what it means to actually like feel the reality of what's happening. And that's, that. I never want to negate the feeling of the actual, whatever the thing is that has to happen. And that's why, I mean, this is a Lululemon thing for us as well. You and I have talked about this before, like Lululemon has such a feedback culture, culture of feedback where we always want to be in the real conversation. And therefore we want to be able to be in a space where we can straight up say like, but my nose really hurts and you don't give sympathy any, you know, like this is like the real reality of what's actually happening. You need to be able to call those things out. But what I think is so golden in this, what we're talking about in terms of the practice of gratitude is that by building relationship by calling out gratitudes when things are good and when things are um just even the, like the status quo when things are just like humming along on an average Tuesday for you to actually use for us to actually use those moments to call out what is good builds relationship it puts these like deposits of 
foundation in relationship connection communication so that then when real feedback has to get given like the hard feedback has to get given and we do say something like you never have sympathy for anybody hey I want to give you this feedback like you really need to work on your sympathy that kind of feedback that you'd like to give then the relationships there for there to be like a trusted reception of that even with you and Jay like for for Jay to say to you really honestly like I never I don't yeah I don't have sympathy for people very often you called him out on that he basically owned it but then he then he had the safety or felt the safety because it's you because because you guys have the relationship that you do for him to be able to say like maybe that is something I need to work on because that's a humbling statement for him to say but but to have the relationship foundation that you do and then I feel like that's the kind of thing that we get to build with people that maybe we you know we work with we don't see all that often but we can still really do an incredible job of building into the few times that we converse with them few times that we interact with them so that's a good segue to what you're creating so tell me more about it so recognition affirmation gratitude yeah. something that you developed as a a practice to not only do with the people that we feel safest with close connections, close relationships, but with um, people in the workplace, your coworkers, your colleagues, your boss, your peers, your subordinates, whatever term you want to use for them. Um, how did that get, how did that get started? Yeah. Um, so there's a Charles Schwab quote that I have used for a long time that basically just says, um, I've yet to meet a man that works harder under a spirit of criticism than under a spirit of approval. And I don't remember where I originally found that, but my first job out of college, um, I was, I worked for a wellness program in Boston. I worked with a bunch of incredible chiropractors who were just these visionaries and had a much bigger picture of what was happening in the practice other than just bringing people in, adjusting them and sending them out. And at the beginning of uh, my first year with them at the start of the year, our boss asked us to basically come up with an initiative that would build into the culture of our team and build into us connecting as humans, regardless of the work, like how are we actually connecting as a team? And I've always had just a love for language, but a love for the handwritten note. So it's been one of my favorite things. And so, um, that initiative, what I brought at the beginning of that year, we called uh, the Wholehearted Affirmation Campaign, or WAC for short. And so as a team, we just decided each month we would pick a name out of a hat, the name of another one of our team members. And during that month, we would share with that team member, either through a small note of affirmation, a small gift particular to that person, or just a few minutes where we actually sat down with them and told them what we valued about them, that we would, we would affirm them. We would, we would make the time for that. Um, and so for that year, it was so much fun to watch because it was doctors choosing to affirm nurses and nurses taking staff out to lunch and staff bringing flowers for doctors. Like just, it was like Christmas on these random days mm. and to watch the kind of connection that that built in our team was just really fun and really profound. Bringing that out, I, I started working to with Lululemon a couple of years after that and got to bring the concepts, the WAC concepts to them. And I think originally we started calling it Love Lulu. Um, but that was where we 
built into the practice a board, a mailbox board essentially in the back office so that every team member on whichever team we were doing the initiative with would have a mailbox and would have a spot where they could receive little notes of affirmation. Um, and like you said, I've been with the company for a long time. So that has iterated. We've done it with a number of teams in Boston, in New York, in California, in Birmingham, um, and slowly it developed from Lovalulu to what I now call RAG, recognition, affirmation, gratitude. And really the practice is catching people doing things right and slowing down enough on your average Tuesday when there's no big call or reason for celebration, nobody's accomplished anything huge, there's no big achievement, but we're just in the daily grind with each other. And we have this vehicle, this reminder, this board that's up in the back, these little note cards that just remind us like, hey, as a team, we always wanna be in the work of recognizing who each other are and what the other one is up to, what the others in our, on our team are up to um, and making the time for that. And so, that is what RAG is all about right now. And then you're doing that with Lululemon. And are you also doing that um, like consulting stuff? Cause you came to, we talked about it. You came, we yeah. did like a little, yeah. kind of started a little program. I feel like that was right before all this At craziness. All, yeah. And it's been funny with COVID cause it's like, okay, you know, the shutdown piece of nobody wanted to touch anything or touch anyone. And so having actual little pieces of, note card, you know, note paper in the back office is like, oh gosh, we can't, we can't touch it anymore. So I've been trying to reiterate and um, ideate a bit on the concept, but because the concept still stays the same, like it's mm -hmm. the power of language, it's the power of the handwritten note, it's the exercise of the gratitude muscle in different forms and formats. But um, yeah, I've gotten to chat now with um, a number of obviously Lululemon teams, but then um, a good number of gyms, like a good number of CrossFit's and yoga studios that have just smaller teams that they want to do this same kind of practice with um, and build into a culture of affirmation and culture of gratitude. A couple church teams that are now doing it. And then actually a couple classrooms that started putting boards up. Um, there's a fifth grade classroom in Albany, New York, my hometown, that's been doing it now for the last few years and uh, just have their students recognizing each other on a regular basis. What's been like the messiest part of all of this, creating a new kind of system approach, company? Yeah. 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 Um, oh man, I can be just so transparent in saying that um, the concept itself, I know is great. The practice and the system of actually delivering um, a program to a team and, and getting it to a point where it is like turnkey, it's um, simple and executable and able to be like purchased and put up and, um, and executed without me being there has been unbelievably frustrating, mostly because it's, it to me sometimes feels like my fifth grade art project. <laughs> if I'm honest, it's still the thing that I like, I love doing it so much, but to um, to actually breathe life, to have it go into another team and to take off, this, the systematizing of it all um, has really not 
come together yet, if I'm honest. Like each team I've been in and been able to implement it in, it's taken on its own organic kind of life of its own, which I've loved. But at the same time, it's been really hard to keep it going. So I would say there's two components of that. It's been like actually birthing it as a system, a program, a process that has like a step one, step two, step three in a team that I'm not on. That's been a really challenging process. And then the other process has been, or the other challenge in the midst of it has been keeping it going once it's actually established somewhere, because it has to have regular energy kind of poured into it if it's going to stay alive. Yeah. Like a fire starter and then like a fire watcher. Totally. I'm in charge of this. And you know, what's funny that you say that is, well, first I recognize, I acknowledge you for like sharing that that part's hard and that it's like, what I, what I know for you is that like, you really want it to get legs and like for it to take off and um, to get that system. So, um, like the first thought that I have is like, I hope that someone that listens to this is like, Hmm. I want to reach out to this girl and help her with that part so that it does, because it it is so powerful, but it's like one of those things that I don't know about you. It's like with companies sometimes, because I've been in big companies where it's like certain things that aren't quote measurable. Yeah. Don't actually get any sort of um, funding or support, or those are the first things to die. And it takes someone like taking that on. And I mean, firsthand for myself as an entrepreneur, there's been so many things that I've had ideas on and vision for. And then it's like, who can I get to do that? Mm -hmm. And like how much time and energy and work. And then it's like, at the end of the day, like, oh my God, that could be such an expensive project. And then is it worth it? And I feel like that could be the, the creation killer sometimes it's, too. It's very much kind of, and, and I think just to confirm that point, there's such qualitative work in this and the quantitative is really hard to find, is really hard to define. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore it's seen as not necessarily an essential component to a business, to a company's everyday operation it's like a nice thing but really when we look at the bottom line like what are the things we need to check off at the end of the day and so this tends to be one of those important things that isn't necessarily urgent and you're so right then it's it's quantifying for leaders for companies how does this actually affect the bottom line because the reality is building into the relationship building into the capacity for communication of a team dramatically affects execution, alignment, actual capacity of whatever the thing is you guys are looking to do, but it gets looked at as this sort of secondary or tertiary priority and therefore it doesn't necessarily get funded. Yeah. What would be your biggest wish? Like what would be like for this program that you have? Mm, um, I'm such a dreamer. I, I like can envisioned so many years down the road and so sometimes I feel like a pretty pie in the sky thinker um because I think my my end goal like I'm you know 87 on my deathbed and what do I want to be able to say rag actually did there's this part of me that longs for rag to be a household name 
that actually is like a household term, not that, that, that it became some great company, but that it was just a practice that people actually knew as a thing, like on a, on an average day when somebody is recognizing someone else needs a little lift me up, it's like, Hey, write him a rag. Like, why don't I write that person a rag or that rags get stuck in random places and in, and on random days you see them go by. That's like my like absolute dream. And that's a huge component for me as a person, just my own personal purpose, I think has been tied to this now because it's been around for 10 years. This is on its like 11th little year of development. Um, but what I would say I would hope for from a really tactile, tangible, like next step perspective is that I would actually team up with people slash a person who actually could help in the execution space. Mm -hmm. um, I think I'm so conceptual and I can talk about the concept until I'm blue in the face, but when it comes to just straight up execution, I love being able to, to team up with a leader on another team or a champion who's going to take it into um, another space and really work with them to develop it. But what I would love to actually develop is a really streamlined, systematized process um, that doesn't water down the concept, but that actually allows us to deliver in a space really powerfully and consistently over time. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I, what I hear you saying is so many things that catch like mm -hmm. every dreamer like they, that catch us and cause us to not move something forward mm. is, yeah, a system or um, like, what's the right marketing? What's the right wording? What's the right hashtag? What's like, if I want this to be the thing, like, what do I do? And like, we can right. get immediately stopped. Mm. And, um, and I also know that there are people, like we're all made perfectly for these things that we're creating. And like there's, there's so many people I know that are so good at these kinds of things. Yeah. Like I've seen them like systematize, like so many businesses and I'm like, can you just, can you just come and do that for me? <laughs> like, and don't take too long and, um, and do it this way perfectly. Yeah. You know? And, and I think too, there's, there's such gold in the, the creative mindset, right? Like of breathing something from nothing, like taking something that doesn't exist yet, bringing it to birth, like bringing it to light. And then once that idea has reached reality, once it's like touched down on the planet, then it's actually cultivating it, executing it, building momentum in it. I think about John David, who we both know, um, who is just such a powerhouse. She uh, owns Outer, Outer Isle Gourmet, the Godflower Pizza Crest company that you know, started eight years ago in this tiny little kitchen and has absolutely exploded and become just an extremely successful company. But eight years ago, nobody was thinking about cauliflower pizza crust. Like maybe there was tiny little restaurants that like were making small little batches of it just to, to test it out there. there It wasn't a thing. And yet she believed it was a thing and she believed it was going to be a big thing. And I remember working in her kitchen with her, hearing her ideate about this thing that she wanted to become ginormous. You know, she could see the empire it could create. And I just was listening to her thinking, wow, she 
she really does have like a vision of an absolute vision of something that does not exist right now. And to think now, eight years later about how much hard work and energy has been put into making the very thing that she believed was a thing, a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I, I think about that in light of knowing, okay, I know that I don't have a process perfectly figured out for this yet. I know I don't have a program fully um, you know, monetized, systematized, deliverable, but I know that the concept is viable. And I know that for humanity, it's a powerful thing to practice. Well, and, and we need it. Like just, you know, the, we're in a pandemic and the number one thing that goes away is non-essential services. Right. And I'm like, okay, so I guess that all the doctors can still be open. Mm, right. But people are coming in here to get their health and wellness in check, but we don't matter. It's fine. And, you know, I have to let go of that, of course, but it is that like, okay, so then know what I'm going to do something about that. Mm. Like what, if I'm believing that I am an essential service and you are this essential service in need, and it needs to happen for the sake of our humanity. It's like for you, Alexis, like what, what's like the, what's one thing that you could get out of the way so that you could take it to the step of it's systemized, systematized. Yeah. That's a great question. One that I'm totally in the middle of right now as I'm like bringing it to this sweet little team in Hudson, Ohio and talking to a team in Nashville, Tennessee about it, but trying to actually, you know, bring it yet again, bringing it to bear and watching it birth, but, um, wanting to, what holds you, what holds you back? What holds you back from it getting even more legs? Um, I, I mean, I think some of the pragmatic aspects of just like pouring time and energy into it, you know, it's kind of one of those peripheral threads for me, um, that hasn't, that's, it's got an, a good amount of time and energy and resource, like brain power on my end in certain seasons. And then in other seasons, it's had to take a back seat because again, it's like one of those things that isn't necessarily putting food on the table for me. Isn't necessarily, um, it, it's one of those, uh, components of life that has to kind of take the take a serious leap of faith. And, and I've been doing, um, I've been doing it as a secondary and a tertiary thing for a while, not the practice, obviously the practice of gratitude of so loved just continuing to develop and do it from a personal standpoint with others, but from a systematized, um, standpoint, it's been one that just, I think continues. It just takes a backseat like to other stuff. And yeah, it does. And it needs, you know, it needs like a full, full time and energy, but also the, um, yeah, I think things can lose steam sometimes, you know, and so it's like, you can have a great concept, great idea, and it can be a firework. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, it dies for a little bit. And then somebody else breathes a little bit of life into it. And I've watched these like seasons of it now, where there's been like incredible conversations around it. And a couple teams have taken it and it's exploded. And then, you know, it slowly sort of like fades, and then it it becomes that cycle. Mm -hmm. Um, which again, a, a solid system, a solid process and solid like, like dedication to just this one thing would be, would be a dream. Yeah. I, um, I was right before we started talking, I ran down the stairs and I was going to the bathroom and I had this thought, like I had this really, like my, my day is like busy jam, like jam packed with like 15 minute little gaps in between. And it's, 
And I was noticing like yesterday before it started that I was like feeling a little anxious because I'm like, oh gosh, it's like I start, I'm teaching yoga at 6 a.m. And then I have a little downtime to do some prep work. And then I teach again at eight and then our call is at 9.15. And then I have a private at 10.30 and I have another call at 12. And then I'm meeting someone to talk about teaching. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to be on with people all day, all day until 3 p.m., which then I'll have a moment and then I'll have to pick up my kid. And then it's like mom life for two full days of like, and yesterday I was in the world of like anxious, overwhelmed, no time, like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then anyway, I bring this up because this morning as I was running down the stairs right before our call, I had the thought, I was like, I haven't been in this world of continually, I would say like not being in production mode for production's sake, but Mm -hmm. giving, sharing, conversing, like holding myself to the fire of commitments and discipline. And like, because I want my whole I want my whole life, like what you said is like the dream could be this, like I want to create my life where this is like the whole thing. And Mm. I've actually been spending so much time like in, I don't have time. I don't have energy. I don't know that I want to do this. What do I want to do? What's the right thing to do? And then when I just, I honestly was like, I'm just going to put things on my calendar Mm -hmm. and start moving into action on them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, today's an incredible day. Like this conversation's incredible. And like the, all the people that I get to be with today is incredible. And I just noticed that what was in my way just even yesterday is setting, even setting all these things up was just like, oh my God, I don't have a moment for myself. Mm. And yet like this kind of why I bring this up is because like this topic of self-care mm-hmm. also can be the thing that, oh, I don't have time for that. I don't have time to go work out. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to journal. I don't have time to meditate. It's like, just like an extra thing that if I'm privileged, I get to do it. And it's like, no, really, truly these little moments of like, you know, you're, you're visioning, you're dreaming, your creative genius um, stuff actually is the thing. Like if we give it energy, like energy every day, and I say this to you and I say this to every person listening is just like, there's, yeah, there's, there, there like needs to be downtime. Like I need time where my brain is shut off. And I'm honestly like, I will sit on my couch for 30 minutes on days like this and just scroll through Instagram and just see what else is going on in other people's life so that mm-hmm. my brain can just not be in the like outputting mode. Yeah, totally. And I love it. I'm like, have a coffee totally mindless, Netflix, whatever it is. Yeah. But I'm not doing that for four hours a day. And so sometimes right. like, I think some, we, we can be like, oh, I, I want to do this as a second thing or, you know, my full-time job, but we have to look at where those margins are Yeah. for like, yeah, I could spend 20 minutes on this one thing to get this yeah. thing. One of my friends, like a suggestion she had for me was set a timer for yourself, Adrian, 20 minutes to do book work for your studio. Like just on, only give yourself 20 minutes. If you hate it, just give yourself 20 minutes. So, um, yeah. And I, I guess I, I bring all that up because I, um, I know how much this lights you up mm. and you know, people that are listening is like, we all have this, these gifts to give and like, we're really meant to give and there's, there's no one that I know personally, Alexis, that's more passionate about these practices than you. Mm. And that's what more companies need. That's what more, um, 
everybody needs the people to be working on the things that they're most passionate about. Totally. Because that is like what gets changed conversations between two people that are strangers. Yeah. That yeah. don't yeah. see the same at all. Then all of a sudden we're like, oh my God, I am you. We are one kind of yeah. thing. And I, I think you're so right. They're like where our hearts beat hardest is where we need to show up and where the world actually gets given gold when we do you're and you're just so spot on in that it's making the time for those things and actually prioritizing the things that don't necessarily look urgent or essential but are going to be life-giving to the people around us life-giving to our us ourselves if we actually make the time for I think that's just, that's such a great point. And even there's that, there's the mom space too. I feel like I hear so often the moms who like won't make a little bit of time for some self-care, you know, and it's, I 110% understand how hard it is to do it, but I also 110% see the difference when a mom takes two hours on a Tuesday and gets a sitter to just actually go and like drive, go get a coffee, go even like you know, shop for a couple, shop for, shop for 20 minutes, but have it not be like grocery shopping, speed grocery, but just like, you know, going and doing something that's just life-giving for them and disconnects them a bit from the urgent and then give so much life to the next 24 hours, 48 hours. It's, it's really pretty profound. And you're right. It's, it's not necessarily the urgent, but it's the important that has to get prioritized. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that it's it is it's like it is what's important to get prioritized not what's urgent I mean just yesterday I had someone message me I don't even remember what it was and I noticed this desire to answer like a client's phone like message or whatever when I was with my daughter and I was I had to say to myself out loud I don't need to do this right now like someone else's urgency is not mm-hmm. my, you know, or someone else, I don't know how I, it's like someone else's fire drill does not have to be mine. Totally. But like what's important right here, yeah. this thing, like another little person in front of me yeah. is right here. And hence why I probably got whacked in the face with the tree branch. <laughs> and I say whacked in the face with the tree branch as an, I walked into it. Nobody hit me. I whacked myself in the face with it. Yeah, it's totally. And sometimes I think it's like the, the tyranny of the urgent that just like can take over versus actually just putting some boundary on what is really important. And then when do we not, when do we actually get to go on a walk and not take our phones? And like, is yeah, it an end. No, like, what? no, if- totally not. Like, I don't even know why I bring my phone most of the time is when I'm going on a walk. Okay. Like that time I was listening to a webinar, but like really, truly, um, I don't need it most of the time. Cause like, I'm not that important. Like for- You're pretty important, but yeah. well, I know, but yeah, even if my daughter was at preschool and like they called and I didn't answer them because she needed to get picked up, you know what? They would wait until I got to my phone. <laughs> I know it's like kind of bizarre when we think about like what would really happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to, to wrap up, I want to do two things. The first one is, is I want you to share with those listening is what are, what's one great practice for recognizing gratitude outwardly mm-hmm. and one great practice for like a date, maybe a daily practice, especially since it's, you know, the season of giving, 
one, one gratitude practice for internal um, that someone can do daily that they would take as important to do daily? Mm. Good question. Um, the internal, which is where it always starts, I would say one of the practices that I have loved myself developing, loved um, watching others develop and really seeing the fruit that comes from it sounds so simple, but it is really the practice of at the end of the day, sitting down for five minutes and listing out three to five things that you're grateful for from the day. Um, so many people do it so many different ways. You do it in a journal, you do it on your phone, but just making the window of time to reflect, to remember the day and to think back on the things that you can say, even if they weren't great, like the things that you can still choose to be grateful for, the things that the little things around some of those hard scenarios that you can choose to be grateful for and the things that are great too. Um, I find people who start it, you know, sort of always start out with like the, I'm grateful for my friends, I'm grateful for my family, I'm grateful for the food on my table. And maybe for the first few days, it sort of stays that way. But then you, your consciousness starts to shift. And when you're in the shower, you're thinking, hey, I'm really grateful for this scent of body wash that I've loved for a long time. Oh, that can go on my gratitude list tonight. Or you're, you know, sipping your latte, like, I'm so grateful that this you know, the pumpkin came out again in the fall. Like, I love this little latte. I love, like, you start to just look around and think about the things that you typically wouldn't be grateful for. And when you know you're going to record them, you know you're going to write them down later at night, it literally is this muscle that starts to strengthen. And you start to see it in places that you wouldn't expect. Um, so I would say from an, a gratitude inward perspective, the super simple making the list three to five mm -hmm. things you're grateful for. The Anne Voskamp, the woman that I talked about at the beginning who writes 1000 gifts, the entire book, the entire concept was built around a friend of hers challenging her to make a list of a thousand things she was grateful for. And she kept it running for days and weeks and months and watched it completely shape her, like mm -hmm. completely reshape her psyche on so many levels and therefore reshape life. And so I just think it's a, it's easy to do and it's easy not to do, but it is a simple practice that can be transformative. Okay. External, I would say in the very same way, um, challenging ourselves to make it a practice to once a day, recognize someone around you, um, articulate for them something that you are grateful for about them. Um, shifting that perspective like I said before it shapes the giver and the receiver so much to take our eyes off of ourselves, to put them on someone else and to actually do the awkward work do the little bit of challenging work it is to put to words what the thing is that you actually appreciate about a person in front of you and to tell them to either do that in a note to do that verbally to shoot a little text um but that in and of itself is a really a really powerful thing. And, and even now for me, the last few years, I've had it on my little um, daily disciplines list. Like who did I rag on today? Who did I um, exercise my gratitude for today? And if I didn't do it for anyone, I will stop right then and shoot a text out to just say like, Hey, I just want you to hear, really appreciate who you are for me and how you showed up 
you know, a couple of weeks ago, or really appreciate just how you're showing up for one of our friends right now. Um, just putting that into words, I would say from an external perspective, that's another, another muscle that really profoundly shapes life for other people, whether we know it or not. Yeah. My hope as, as I'm listening to you share that is that everyone that's listening to this starts to do that every day. And I just think like, what would it feel like if every right. night, right I, right when I went to bed, I have this thing going on with my, with a group at my studio where I'm like, don't have your phone be the first thing that you touch in the morning or the last thing that you touch before you go to bed. And when I say that, I'm like, yes, you might need to set your alarm and you might need to turn your alarm off. Mm -hmm. However, touch either another animal, <laughs> another person, if they're there, or we had made a list, like make a list of what would make this program, um, like get the results that you want. And I think of even just that practice, it could be like having that list of great gratefulness at your bedside table. 100%. That you write in at the beginning of the day, you write in at the end of the day, because it's the beginning and the end of your day, and then grab your phone and message or pri prior to that message three people and like go deep, like start looking back to like, it could be anywhere. Like I, we can, some of us have like thousands of friends on oh, Facebook. Totally. Like you could go back and reach out to someone that like you went to high school with, like oh there, I had a girl recently. I mean, I would just a girl that I went to high school with that I thought like hated me actually reach out to me and ask if she could buy stuff from my studio. She lives in Chicago. And so she bought some merchandise and she's like, I'm so happy that I could help you out. Small business owner and fellow like wheeling wildcat. That's where I went to school. And I was like, wow. I mean, and I'm, that was months ago and I'm still thinking about that because yeah. she reached out. So yeah, that would be, that would be my challenge for everybody that listens to this is to, to do that. And maybe we can even like create some sort of I don't know. You and I can noodle on that this week. Like, I'm going to start some challenge starting. Well, I mean, and I think about just going exactly like that, going back through your contacts in your phone, like how many of us have contacts we haven't talked to in forever that like, it would be really kind of weird for us to reach out to in the best of ways. Like if, if we love them, tell them, I love that whole concept. It's like somebody can know from years ago that we appreciated them, but what does it mean to actually be reaffirmed today like that you've made an impact on somebody's life that somebody still appreciates you from far away from miles away from yeah. years away like to me there's power in being able to use language like that and to know that you as a human have an incredible capacity to call up and call out seeds of greatness in someone else that maybe life has dealt them a crappy hand the last two years and they just need someone to remind them who they are. Like, and maybe it's not a life-changing message, but it's just something to be said you're seen. Yeah. That's the most powerful. It's like, I see you, I hear you. Yeah. Thank you. This was so awesome. Mm, thanks for having me on it just always it's always a treat for me to get to connect with you period but this is really an honor to get to be on your podcast so thanks for having me you're welcome thanks for listening to the show i'm so glad that you got a chance to hear what it's like to really recognize affirm and give gratitude for things i know that i haven't been the best at it in my life and having these kinds of conversations reminds me of how important it is 
Thanks for listening and see you next week.